0: welcome to coffee talk with linda i'm linda davis thank you for joining me today a little bit about myself before we get started I love Jesus, I love coffee, and I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. We have a special treat today. I have asked somebody to join us on Coffee Talk with Linda today. It's a Young man near and dear to my heart that I have known him and his family for over 10 years now. When I met him, he was married with no children, and now him and his wife have five children, and I have seen him grow (laughs) in the Lord and grow as a husband and grow as a father. And he has a passion for the men to step up in that priestly mantle and to walk with their wives and to lead their children and their families and I invited him on today to share his heart with you. We've had many conversations about this and I'm just going to introduce him and let him tell you a little about, about himself and then we're going to dig in and his name is Shelby Hoing.
1: My name's Shelby. I believe I'm 32. Been married for almost 13 years. Um we waited five years to have kids. Got married very young. It's kind of interesting, just just really thinking about a lot of things. Uh, you know, being a father, uh, I have five kids. Our oldest is seven, and then our youngest is two. Four of them are in school. Yeah, we definitely get we got married at a young age. Um, you know, and I've just I've made I don't know how many mistakes in life and somehow the Lord has just been gracious with us and has led us down a, you know, a path to at least where I feel successful in it. Um, even though, like we're just stumbling through this thing, um, it's crazy to think that we've known each other for almost ten years or yeah, over ten years. Sure is. That's that's wild. Um, work-wise, I, I work in contract security for the federal government. Uh, I also produce music on the side, um, do various things, and you know, just try to support my family and you know, protect my family. It's one of the uh, one of the few things that I, I really need to stay focused on. Um, thankfully, I have, you know, just a beautiful wife who is you know, helped me keep that focus, um, you know, just as a as a male and, you know, wanting to create things and, you know, just it's easy, you know, to fill up your schedule and the idea that you're providing for your family, but yet you're not providing that uh, body in the home. And, you know, I've, I've had times where I definitely have, uh, found myself absent, you know, either working or even being home, but being absent in the home, you know, where I've busied myself either with devices or, you know, working from home with, you know, the, the audio engineering and production stuff. And just been learning a lot with that lately, uh, you know, and stumbling through things. Um, Let me ask you a question.
0: Let me kind of go back to the beginning the beginning. You.
1: beginning beginning
0: yeah well the beginning of marriage beginning what would you say now you said you got married at a young age
1: very young age yes i think i was 19 she had just turned 18
0: yeah very young <laughs> and i know that that um can have its difficulties but i I see in some areas that I think it has its benefits, too. But I also know just from talking with you personally that you didn't have a healthy role model of what a marriage should look like.
1: No, not at all.
0: And really, your wife also didn't have a healthy role model.
1: Yeah, we both definitely came from broken homes. Um, my mom, I don't know... I, don't know how many times she was married. and You know, raised in foster care, basically, um, uh, spent time in juvie. I had an 18-month commitment in a juvenile facility. Yeah, I was definitely a product of the streets and, you know, got in a lot of trouble.
0: So how important is it to you to be a role model to your children of what a healthy, godly marriage should look like? And so two-part question. How important is that to you and... How do you think you do that? Not how well, but how do you accomplish that?
1: I think it's extremely important to me. um, Just knowing where I come from, where my wife comes from. Uh, And the things that we didn't have as a kid And I'm not talking about like materialistic Oh, I didn't have toys, I didn't have bicycles And I didn't have things like that But I mean like, I didn't have guidance I didn't have somebody who is truly teaching me right and wrong You know, I I had to learn a lot of things on my own And it's extremely important for me Not only just to like teach my kids You know, the path that they they need to walk um, But to actually like show them they're loved, whether that's through A, discipline, you know, B, just being a friend and and talking with them. You know, I mean, my kids are relatively young, so it's, you know, a lot of tickle time playing and tossing them around, you know, playing with our kids. And, uh, but uh, it's extremely important to me, and I'm not the best at it. You know, I, I have my shortcomings with that. But the biggest thing is just I'm trying to, like, spend that time with them, you know, being open. My d- oldest daughter asks a ton of questions, and I mean, she's in public school. You know, she has a, you know, a ton of friends, and she's subject to a lot of you know things that you wouldn't think kids would be subject to at the age they are, you know, Random threats to their schools and right. like, are you know, locally here, uh, the school up the road, you know, teenagers were caught with firearms on property of the high school, and three of them were arrested and charged. And it's just, it's wild to think what our kids are, you know, faced with these days. So I think it's extremely important to, you know, shape their worldview with the biblical worldview and uh, show them what it is to look at life through the lens of Jesus Christ. I mean, I can't speak for other people, but I know like in our home, you know, Christ is center. Amen. And there's no other way you can look at anything unless you're looking, you know, through that biblical Christ-centered lens. You know, there's really no other perspective because it's only through that perspective that you could truly look at any situation, any person with love.
0: Well, and you know, you talk about a Christ-centered, at home and uh, you know puts a lot of weight on especially a dad's shoulders. Oh yes. That uh, your children you are you are their first example of mm-hmm. who God is. Right. And so that's very and then I even believe the marriage relationship is their first example of how they can have intimacy with God. Right. And so for myself, and I, I think people are starting to more realize this now, but a father's role, whether you have sons or daughters or, or just you have both, but I had just sons and some people have just daughters. So I think the man's role in how he treats his wife speaks to his children to the sons, this is how you treat and honor your wife. And to the daughters, this is how you should expect to be treated. Right. So it's a it's a heavy role as the as the priestly mantle of the home that that a husband carries right. for sure, and that's vitally important. And so you, as a young man with a young family, and having connections with other men, whether it's in the workplace or church or whatever it is, what do you feel like you see as an area that men, especially men that call themselves followers of Christ, is an area that you, it grieves your heart, I guess, because you want to see them man up. And they're not, they're not manning up. They're taking the easy way out, thinking some things are just going to go away.
1: Right. I think uh, really at the end of the day, it's preparation. Um, I mean, nobody's perfect and Nobody can have everything, you know. One, two, three, you know, steps in in a row to do, you know, and have everything together. Like right. nobody's perfect, and it's an extremely heavy weight that the leader and the man of the home carries. And that's why I say preparation is huge. Because, uh, I mean, shout out to Ravi Zacharias. I've been reading this book, uh, I the or I Isaac take the Rebecca. Um, and there's just so many gems in there. Like, let me read this quote. It's a uh, it's a quote just straight out of the book. Um, like, if our homes fail, history collapses. And I don't think like men truly understand, you know, the weight that we have in our homes, the weight we carry in our homes, um, the responsibility that's actually on our shoulders, how like the raising of children shapes history. You know, if our homes fail, you know, where where does that leave our future, you know, with the absent fathers and, and whatnot. And I think, uh, you know, like, the biggest thing I see, in my opinion, is selfishness. I'll, I'll be the first one to say it, you know, like, in the beginning of my marriage, like, that's the biggest thing that plagued Like I said, we got married young, and selfishness was the biggest thing that plagued it. And it's not just like, oh, I want this, or I want my way. It's, uh, you know, selfishness encompasses, you know, so much more than that, whether if, it's something as simple as winning an argument or just be like gratifying your flesh, you know, like looking at other women, uh, whether it's Internet porn or if it's, you know, just actual physical relationships. And there were many uh, stumbling blocks in my life and in our relationship, Uh, as shameful as it is. I mean, I multiple affairs that I had and my wife, you know, graciously and I can't go into how how grateful I am, you know, that I have found forgiveness and somehow find myself, you know, approaching our 13-year anniversary. I mean, you know, when I say christ center, like, you know, I have seen the face of God in my wife, you know, seeing seeing that, that beautiful thing, there's so many levels to, you know, just life in general, like preparation for that, like the homes today, like it's rare that, you know, you, you see men, you know, teaching their sons, to love a wife, you know, or even just to respect women. It's rare that, you know, you're you're seeing kids taught responsibility. You know, I got friends that can't hold down jobs or, you know, just don't see the need for, you know, setting things in motion to even take on a family, you know, and yet they're dating. Some of them are sexually active. You know, it's, it just, it blows my mind. We've tossed everything off to this idea of self-gratification like i said it's it's all about selfishness selfishness is the biggest thing plaguing homes relationships i I think bible i mean bible tells us to to love our neighbor as we love ourselves and love god with all your heart mind soul and strength and you know we're supposed to be dying to ourselves daily and we're living for ourselves daily
0: so you know you kind of threw something really big out there and you know you talked about the selfishness And you talked about, you know, your own specific marriage and having multiple affairs and seeing literally the face of Jesus in your wife. And so, you know, most, I would probably say 95% of marriages don't survive that. No,
1: I would say like 100% of relationships don't survive
0: that. And, you know, we're on the radio, so I I walk with this couple and I see them in their marriage and even in their daily interaction. In their marriage, there's no evidence of this. Uh, they they interact in a in a healthy marriage you know, like he has said several times, not perfect, but healthy. And God has obviously done a great work in, in the two of you. And I, I recently heard somebody say this about marriage, that the beginning of a dangerous door opening is when you begin to think in a selfish mindset, I deserve this, I deserve that, you know, and I kind of think that's how an affair even starts. You know, or unfaithfulness. I deserve this. Right. You know, I deserve this. And you, you know, the enemy tricks our minds into. Talking ourselves right into something that we probably wouldn't have chosen to do. And so, my question to you is say there's some couples listening, or a woman or a man listening, that is, you know, in that hurtful place that you guys once were, where maybe they've just found out about unfaithfulness, or they're trying to work through it. What would be your counsel to them?
1: That's a difficult question. Um, I think. Every, and I know
0: every couple's different.
1: Yeah. Every, every. Everybody's different. First thing for a man, you need to understand that at that moment, you've actually have stripped yourself of any authority. Mm, that's a um, good point. You have zero authority at that point. You have actually subjugated your authority to your spouse, and it, it is now in her court whether or not this this relationship will go forward um, because it, you've legally have given her the right to separate from you, um, biblically. Mm. Uh, you know you've given her the grounds to walk away in divorce Um, so you've relinquished your authority number one and counseling is the biggest thing I would seek it's it's a hard thing is a lot of there's a lot of people that don't even a have accountability partners or b having a you know a Pastor, they can even approach, um, but I would try to approach a non-biased pastor and seek counseling over it, and see if there's a way that you can even work through it. I know for us, our situation is so unique in so many ways because just the way my wife was with it. I don't know if she just refused to give up on me. I I have not a clue other than you know the grace of God working in her life. But I know for me, I knew I had to get things right and I had done something extremely tragic. And it took me time to realize that and I didn't realize that the first time or the second. In a lot of ways I felt like I was saved but I had not truly given my heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, So in ways you could say I had not even really had salvation yet. I was an unrepentant person. Um, I was just kind of like walking a walk i wasn't genuine and it 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 took some time but the lord really really hit me and broke my heart and i knew at that moment you know that i had desecrated an extremely holy thing and it was in that brokenness that i knew without a shadow of doubt that i needed to do something And it took work because it was me stripping bare before the Lord, you know. I had to literally strip myself bare before Him because, you know, going through that process of healing, you know, you have to be vulnerable with yourself. You know, with other people you have to, you know, you know, it takes a real thing to admit your fault to somebody.
0: Absolutely. And it's
1: one thing to be like, Oh yeah, I was angry and I yelled at somebody, you know, but it's another thing to be like, Yeah, I cheated on my wife. Right. I had you right. know, an extramarital affair and you know, that's it's not a it's a very heavy thing and you know it destroys families and it puts families at odds and you know uh fortunately I was able to somehow survive it through the Lord's grace and you know it's something that I see every day you know there's not a day that you know goes by and I'm not saying I'm like constantly living in regret but I see the Lord's faithfulness to his word that he is going to complete the good work that he started in me and uh yeah I mean our relationship's not perfect now but I swear like you would never know we had walked right. through those right. things you wouldn't
0: know at all yeah. like
1: my wife tells me I'm the like best husband in the world the oh. best father to our kids you know God knew what he was doing when he sent me to her and I'm mm-hmm. just like it it's That's amazing it, right but it's humbling
0: and it you know what it really is Shelby it's true forgiveness it, because she couldn't function like that without as you were talking I thought uh, you know a little bit of it you know my own mind i'm trying to think you know i I know that and you know truly you have seen the scripture in your life played out behold i make all things new yeah i make all things new and that's he made it so new that uh you can come to this place where there's no residue in the middle of the two of you Mm -hmm. with it and as you were talking about that and I thought that's a lot of forgiveness, and it, it's twofold. You, you know, I don't know if you see this because you had to forgive yourself.
1: Yeah, I still wrestle with that, to be and honest. And Brandi
0: Lynn had to forgive you. Right. So there's there's two measures of forgiveness because even though you still wrestle with it. Uh, you know, I think maybe the enemy maybe just tries to remind you of it. But um, you can see where you've done that in in your like, you've turned from it. And you're saying, okay, and, and this is something that stood out to me about Brandy Lynn. She didn't stay with you for the kids, because there were no there kids. There were no kids. Yeah. So um, praise God, you know, praise God, all this uh, was exposed. However, it was exposed. I don't know all the details. And you had this time to work through it before it in impacted the kids. Right. That is probably the thing that I would be most grateful for, you know, is that God was so merciful that he brought it all up to the table for the both of you to deal with, Mm -hmm. so the kids wouldn't see the, all that that goes on when that comes into a marriage, the anger, the resentment, then, you know, potential bitterness and all that. They've been, how good is God (laughs) that they've been spared all of that, you know, and, you know, like, my husband and Myself and Shelby knows my husband very well. You know, we have never experienced anything like that. But that's regardless, you know, we had our issues, you know, and, and, but when we had our first child is when we became Christians. And that's the thing as a parent that I always look to that I'm so thankful for my children is that they've known nothing but a Christian home that's not been perfect, but there's always been love and a healthy love. And so that's always been the one, the thing that I've been most thankful that I could give to my children. To me, that's the best gift, a mother and a father together can give to their children. And we see the attack on the homes, the family. We see that out there today. I mean, it's just it's not only divided now but the whole definition of it's getting um swung around and perverted and and what children are not being raised up in healthy homes. And so um, I'm just really, I'm thankful for your transparency. I appreciate it and your honesty. You know, Shelby and I just came on here and uh, just figured we'd let the Lord lead where he was going to lead and he led where he desired to <laughs> lead. And I'm going to give him just a moment to close out. But I just, you know, my prayer to all of you listening is that I, I really hope that this blessed you and encouraged you. If you're in a hopeless, what you feel is a hopeless place, as a couple or a husband or a wife, that that they, you know, there's always hope. There's still hope. It maybe might just be a string, but there's still hope. And you know, maybe if you're in that place, if you want to reach out, uh, you know, maybe we can extend our hands and help. But I hope that you been encouraged today and I just want to pass it back to uh, Shelby to just you know whatever he wants to put out there as as the last piece on his heart that he would go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's kind of wild to think about cuz our kids have no clue my wife and I are very affectionate with each other, and you know, you know, we hug and kiss in front of the kids, and you know, I never leave the house to work without kissing my kids or my wife goodbye. The kids just see a normal home, you know, and it's really, really wild to think about the the grace of the Lord in our lives, uh, you know, with that. But I don't tread it tread on that lightly. It's a it's a very, very, very important thing, and it's a sobering thing, especially in society. It's Today where society is it's driving you know why get married and even if you are married have you know mistresses on the side and open relationships and the weight of the home is it's a heavy responsibility it should be treated with an extremely sober you know mindset and perspective definitely Christ centered you know I just, I find myself extremely blessed and it, there's so much hope for you know people out there as long as they're doing it in in the right way, you know, like giving your heart to the Lord. It wasn't until like like I said, I surrendered myself to God right. and realized even though I thought I was doing right, you know, like I can't change anybody else, and she can't change me. You know, there's nothing my wife could could have done that could have really changed me other than just you know loving me through the process. But even that's not on her because all love comes through the Father, like Christ is love, and it was him I operating through my wife that afforded me the you know the grace to to continue and i knew like without a shadow of a doubt that i had to uh i had to do something and so i began that process of renewing my mind getting in the word and as crazy it is i've learned to be a father from the father Mm. you know i chose to seek out older men and you know ask questions you know sought out mentorship from from older people and try to gain wisdom and just vulnerable with people and I dove into books some of am I know a lot of people out there these days don't like reading but I mean you should read and if you hate reading you know listen to podcasts like this one or um, there's a lot of great you know authors out there that have ebooks and you know stuff you could listen to but it's extremely important to renew your mind with the with the word you know like giving yourself to that hope hope's an interesting thing in itself because all our hope is in christ and it's through that dying daily and surrendering to him you know that we find a hope for a future tomorrow's not promised you know all you have is today and what are you going to do with today i think that's the important question is what are you going to do with today
0: right because if today is our last day then that that's our lasting legacy right so that's a little intense when you think about it in that capacity, you know, is is the, is how I spent today, especially when you have children still in the home, is how I spent, you know, even though, even if you don't, you know, like even me with my spouse, you know, if I wasted my time with him being distracted by social media or whatever else it might be that I found more important when it was just him and I, when we could have been communicating, mm-hmm. so then is that what I want to be my lasting <laughs> legacy? You know, or us with, you know, like they say, you said, you know, you kiss your wife, you kiss your kids every time, we leave the home because if you know something happened to you that day when you left the home that's the lasting legacy right that will be their last memory versus a harsh word right or a spanking or or discipline or whatever or you know just a rushed moment and so it's very important for us to stop and really life is you know it's opposite of what i believe the world is, tells us. The message that the world has sent and goes all the way back to Burger King, (laughs) (laughs) have it your way, you know, and then Nike was just do it, you know, and so, uh, and Sprite had something out there. I can't remember what their logo was, but it was kind of that whole same vein of, you know, take care of you. What do you want? Do what you want. Be who you want to be. And it's all this self-focus in a negative light, self-focus in a positive light, like you're talking about. You know, keep pouring the word into you. Uh, books that have godly counsel, those kind of things. Those are important self-helps. So the world focuses on being self-motivated, self-gratifying. And really, if you want to really raise a healthy family, and you really want to have a, a healthy marriage relationship and secure, confident adult children, it's more of being selfless. You know, and it's totally pouring yourself into them with, especially in those moments when you don't feel like it. Right. Because there are always those moments that you don't oh, feel tired, like it. when you're tired, but you, you know? have to and play with kids. Daddy wants you, to, I mean, you know, <laughs> the son wants you to pull him around on the blanket one more time and you're just exhausted, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. And But, uh, you know, or your, or your husband wants you, to, or your wife wants you to stay up later and talk, and you want to get to sleep. And, you know, so, I mean, there's balance to it all. But um, really that, you know, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, we hear it a lot, minister. And we, you know, uh, us ladies talk about it in our little meetings that you men aren't at a lot, you know, the whole (laughs) submit to your husband things. And, and, you know, and men are all pumped when that's going to be preached from the pulpit, but... The command is a lot heavier toward the man in that chapter. Uh, They're supposed to love their wife as Christ loved the church, so be so willing to sacrifice that you're literally willing to die for your spouse. I don't see that. You know, I've known a lot of married couples, and probably on one hand, do I think would be spouses that would jump out in front of a car and take the hit for their wife? That's what that's saying. Are you willing to do that for your wife? And so, and that everything in that. That heart rolls all the way down the family from the oldest child to the youngest child because we might think we're kidding our kids, but we're not kidding our kids. No, for sure.
1: No, it's a blessing. I wake up and it's like I swear it's every day. You know, our son, our older son, uh, Atticus. He's like, I want to be like my dad. Mm. You know, to me, it speaks volumes. You know, I don't know how many times it's, it's made me cry. Yeah. You know, and as sappy as it is, he brings home the you know the papers and drawings from school and it's just it, it kills me and a reference to like you know the father side of that and well taking it back to you know women submitting to, to men you know I, f- I find that an interesting thing because there there are a lot of guys that just feel like they need to lord over their mm. their wives and a lot of that just stems from insecurity in my opinion men um, and women were you know created to rely on each other you know um, what was it that us uh that men and women have a created distinction with an implicit codependence. Right. Uh, you know, Adam was in the garden, you know, with, uh, with the Lord, walking with the Lord in the cool of the day, and yet God still saw him as lonely. Right. You know, men need their wives. Like, they need that helper, and whether they want to admit that or not, like, it doesn't make you less of a man to know that you need your wife, you know, and that's not just so they could take care of the house and, you know, make your dinner and, you know, clean. <laughs> so I find myself cleaning more and cooking more uh, than my wife. Um, that's not to puff me up, but I just enjoy, you know, the moments when I can because I'm at work for eight hours a day. So when I get home, I know she needs, you know, a conversation with an adult and she needs help catching up with, you know, dishes or sweeping right. the floor. And it's already... I didn't have time to, you know, prep the vegetables or, you know, right. you know, get stuff together. Right. So can you help out? You know, and I do that, you know, and I love it, honestly. To be genuinely honest, I, I've gotten to be quite a pretty good cook. <laughs> um, just the other day a guy at work was like, Man, you always have something really good Like, I know I I've learned to cook. <laughs>
0: I've learned to cook. He was expecting <laughs> you to say my wife cooks it.
1: Uh, <laughs> there's nothing more than than loving your wife in, in a in a good way. You know, lavishing your love upon her. You know, in a healthy way. I mean, it's just kind of wild to think that there are guys that are like, that. I can't do that.
0: Well, there are, and you know that scripture that talks about submit to the Lord. This is left out many times, but it says submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And so that's really that really says that the wife submits to the husband as the husband is submitting to the Lord. And that's not highlighted very often, for sure. But uh, a song I was thinking about when you were talking about your son telling you he wants to be just like you, I think it's a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And he's singing, uh, he wants, the name of the song is He Wants to Be Just Like Me. And he's singing, the song is about him talking to God. And he's telling God, I want to be just like you, because he wants to be just like me. And it's pretty powerful and that's a golden key mm-hmm. right there as far as uh, sons and fathers and you know he's, the guy's really saying if, if he's going to be just like me then I want to be just like you right. because I don't want to pass anything other than you on to him right. and so that's pretty that's a pretty powerful um, concept to embrace <laughs> humbling concept to yeah. embrace for sure so I just thank you so much Shelby <laughs> no problem. for joining me I love you
1: <laughs> I love you too
0: and Uh, we'll do this again. So
1: you're going to have more visitors on on your show? We'll have more visitors. Morning Coffee with Linda
0: and